Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Michelle Gleck of Kookaburra Bird Shop in Carrollton, Texas. You can find out more information on the store at kookshop.com, spelt K-O-O-K-S-H-O-P dot C-O-M. This is going to be my first podcast about my canaries and the breeding season and getting ready for the shows next year. So tune in and stop back and we will be having lots more information for you guys. Thanks again. My first canary babies were hatched on January 11th. They are my colorbred canaries, and the male is a red mosaic agate mutation, and the female is a rose mosaic agate opal mutation. He is brown and she is white, and I'm breeding them in a cage with two females and one male. So I have one rose opal and one red opal, the colorations being slightly different on their faces. Um, many of you have asked about the um, differences in the um, diet and how I breed and what we're doing. Well, I have them in a very large cage that's 24 by 36 by um, 48 tall. And um, I have two females in with one male. And I have always read in theory that this could work. And I've never had it work, but so far it has. I have one female who just had her first babies. And I have another female who's diligently working her nest. And right now, um, all three parents or all three birds are feeding the babies. So these babies are growing pretty quickly. Um, I will try to get um, a color bred... Um, somebody who has more knowledge on them and can explain all the different mutations in future podcasts. But for right now, um, the male is a dark brown color with a red face and red on his belly. And the female is a gray white with a rose colored face, which is a peachier color. It's a softer red. And then the um, rose red on her shoulders and chest. Um, so she's the opal. And the opal is what makes her the lighter gray color. Um, it's looking like, and I don't know what color the babies are so far, but um, it depends on whether the female is either heterozygous or homozygous dominant. The female is a recessive bird, which is what makes her the opal. That is a recessive trait. So my babies could either be all dark or I could have a ratio of 50-50 if the male is heterozygous. And I'll try to get some people in here to explain some of the genetics at a later date because we could go on and on about those. Um, my first questions that people have been asking me is on diet, and so I'm going to go through that and how I feed these canaries. Um, and I'm getting these guys ready for showing next in November, so I am color feeding them. And I do color feed, um, you have to, from the reading and talking to people, you need to use the beta carotene and the Conthaxins. And if you go to my blog on kookshop.com, K-O-O-K-S-H-O-P.com, I do have more information on the diet with all the spelling, so you can go into that. Um, I use the CD Red Factor food, which has the beta carotenes and the Necton R vitamin that you mix with water, um, and I mix those two together, so hopefully they will get the vibrant red that they need for the showing. Now, if you're not, um, if you don't have color bred canaries, which in the Red Factor, um, and you're not trying to get the Red Factor, then you do not need to color feed. Um, 
To get the color feeding for show quality, you do need to go ahead and color feed all year long. Most of the, unless you're, once you stop showing them, then you don't need to color feed them. So you've got to have, the babies need to have the color feeding to get the vibrant color as well as when they're molting. So they will be on it until after November. And we will see if we get bright colors or not. Um, I don't know. So far this has been kind of the complicated factor in the research and everybody seems to have their own opinion on how to do it and what works best for them and whatnot. Um, it, it is something that you can only leave the egg food and the vitamins and you have to be really careful because bacteria can form so you're not leaving it in the cage for very long and I am feeding it to them every day. Um, again, if you're not planning on color feed, I mean, you do not have to color feed if you're not planning on showing. And if you have a red factor canary, he'll either go to a bright yellowy orangey color or even a pale kind of um, creamy rose color, which if he's a rose factor, um, which versus the red. And the rose is um, also known as a... Um, some call them a rose, the mosaic being, the rose is just the paler color. And um, so far I haven't been able to get really good pictures of the, the parent birds. They don't really seem to want to have their pictures taken. The other thing I do for the diet, what I feed all the canaries is I start with a really good um, seed mixture and I have been using the Hagen um, Premium Canary Seed Diet and that already has some egg food pellets in it. It has dried fruits and veggies and it's a really good high quality seed and then they're also nitrogen flushing their packaging which keeps the seed fresher. I never purchase seed in a bulk bin because you have no idea how long it's been there and once the oxidation process starts then you have you need to feed your food in four to six weeks and I never keep being down here in the south we do not keep our food in the refrigerator you can get some mold growing so I just keep it in the pantry or I keep it in the freezer and as long as it's not in a package that has not been um, punctured it can stay in that package up to a year and be sure and check your dates on your seeds you will find that canary seeds there's kind of a great variety a lot of them can be the basic seed mix it just has the canary grass seed and then some has some pellets and some different things I haven't um, had real good luck with just feeding any of the pelleted diets, but I do supplement a little bit. Two to three times a week, I do feed dark green leafy vegetables to my other canaries. Not the, Now, again, with the color breeding, you can't feed the dark green leafy vegetables to them because the um, dark green leafy vegetables have um, vitamins that will take out the red that, in, that you're trying to achieve. The red is a fat-soluble um, I guess, I, I'm not sure what it's called. It's a vitamin kind of thing, the canthaxin. It's a chemical that goes into the fat that brings out the really vibrant color. And um, if you feed some of the dark green leafy vegetables, that can pull it out of the food so it they poo it out instead of absorbing it into the um, feathers. So I don't. So instead, I give those guys some um, chili peppers. I give them, you know, fresh peppers, you can do bell peppers, chili peppers, habaneros, I try to do the yellow and orange, um, and I also do carrots and sweet potatoes and anything that's orange or red because that will have the beta carotenes that can really help their coloration. So that's what I'm doing with those. I also provide a cuddle bone and mineral block um, to the guys. I found that some birds like the cuddle bones and some like the mineral blocks and I just want to make sure they're getting plenty of calcium so I provide it. And I do an oyster shell that I provide in another dish. So they're also getting an oyster shell supplement that they can eat when they want. And the females, it's really important that they're getting plenty of calcium, especially during the breeding season because they're laying many eggs and then producing the babies and they're feeding the babies. And I like my females to start out pretty chunky because they're going to lose weight during the whole breeding process and 
Um, so I'd like them to stay, like them to be nice and plump. And if you want to, like, if you don't know whether your canary is plump or not, because it's pretty hard when you just look at them, if you catch them, and be careful not to squish their chest because they need to be able to breathe. So if you hold them in the palm of their hand on their back, and if you push, they should, you should be able to feel their breast. And um, there should be like a chicken breast, and you'll feel like the keel bone down the center. And you'll see, you want to be able to make sure they feel pretty plump there. And then that's where you can do that. Uh, if you come into the store, I'm more than happy to show you what I'm talking about. And because um, sometimes these podcasts, you can't tell with the demonstration, and it's really hard to um, take pictures of what I'm talking about. Though I will try to um, take as many pictures as possible. And I've been taking the pictures, as you can see, the babies um, aren't even a week old, and they have doubled in size. And they're now starting, they started out pink and naked, and now they are starting to get their feathers. Um, so I also do the, the seed, and I've done that. And when the, you want to feed all birds the egg food or the multi, molting food um, during the molting season. So when they're growing feathers, they need extra proteins and fats that just aren't in the seeds. And the seed diet, you just can't feed just a seed diet. Um, the birds won't live as long, and they won't be as healthy. And you can tell that. So... If you have any other questions about the seed and the diet, I've, most of the questions have been so far on the nutrition. That's what I've been talking about. That's what I'm here to talk about on a little bit on those guys. So I will just recap. I feed a basic seed diet. I feed a premium canary seed diet by Hagen. The color foods get the red food factor, which I use the Nekton R or the CD red factor food. And then I also feed the, the regular, my other canaries, the non-colorbreds, um, the timbrados that I'm also breeding. I um, do those with a um, regular egg food, which doesn't have the color in it. Um, and if you do feed your timbrados canthaxin, the canthaxin will bring out the red in anybody. And even though those birds do not have colorbred, you can um, bring out a kind of color, orangey color in them, which is not desirable. And that can get you disqualified because they're not to have the red factor. So do not feed your song canaries, your timbrados, your other guys. Now, I don't know what the other standards are, but the timbrados, you do not want to feed the red factor food to. Um, so you want to do some green leafy vegetables when you're not trying to get the coloring. And then um, if you are, instead of the veggies, I do the carrots and the peppers and the sweet potatoes for them. So you just kind of make everything's clean. Um, any of your soft foods do not leave in your cage for more than two hours. Again, I do not put my seed in the refrigerator. I either leave it in the container on the pantry or a lot of these seeds come with the Ziploc bags. Try to get as much air out of them as possible and when you reseal them. And then I also um, only leave this, okay, I told you I left the soft food in for two hours. You want to clean your dishes and make sure everything's clean. And of course, I clean their water and give them fresh water every day. Um, that They're pretty easy canaries so far as the dietary requirements are fairly, fairly easy. I feed my birds in the bottom of the cage that cuts down on the mess. And I do not use the covered dishes with their water because I've known of people who've actually lost their birds because they've drowned in there. I do provide them with a canary bath and they get that every day. In the wintertime, because our heaters are on, it's been pretty dry. So I do have a humidifier in their room and I keep their room at 50% humidity. You might find that's hard to keep. Um, I do have lots of plants in my house that also helps. And the temperature of their room is actually probably ranging right now between 60 and 65 degrees. And canaries seem to really like it cooler, and I think that's why I get more.
more of my breeding in the winter time than um, once it gets into the summer it gets to be too hot and they won't it makes it really hard for them to breed the heat they seem to be really not tolerant as the heat as they are of the cooler weather and granted you don't take a bird that's been in 80 90 degree weather and put it in a 60 degree temperature change that's too drastic of a change um, and I do leave my windows open quite a bit whenever I can. So the weather's been pretty nice down here this year. We've had some really nice weather. And I, so far, I have not been using any... Um, uh, full spectrum lighting though if you're you're in a region or you have windows the room that they're in gets a lot of sunlight and then I do not have the windows that that filters out the um, UV radiation which they need so if you have the newer windows or the better quality windows um, unfortunately this room does not have them then you will um, need to go ahead and put a full spectrum light on and um, I will probably have another podcast and talk about full spectrum lighting as well they need that for their vitamin D and their calcification so Especially, especially important on the females to get the um, calcium absorption if they don't get their vitamin D, which they get from the UV radiation from the sun. And you can also get that with a, a um, light. So I have, you know, I have the humidity at probably 50%. I try not to let it go too much lower than that. And then um, the uh, right now the temperature is between 60 and 65. It may get a little warmer during the day. It just depends on the weather here in Texas right now. Um, so I think that's all we have. I've got a few pictures. And again, if you go check out our podcast or my blog, excuse me, on my website, it's kookshop.com. K-O-O-K-S-H-O-P dot C-O-M. There's more pictures there. And I do have a picture of the parents on there. You can kind of tell there. And I'm, I'm really trying to get some better pictures, but they have not wanted to pose for the camera. So, so far, I'm very excited about the first babies of the year. The first three, she was a good mommy, and all her babies hatched within an hour of each other. I did not do any of the dummy eggs. She just um, took care of it, and she was really good and did a really good job. Uh, some of your birds may not be so good, and you may have to do the dummy eggs. So, I am of the thing that if they can't... Um, do it themselves, then it's not going to happen in my house. I'm, I'm at the store most of the time and these birds are at home, so I've got a pretty busy schedule, so I try to make it as easy as possible. Um, the nesting material that I used this year was the Carefresh, the Ultra Carefresh, which is the white. The birds really like it, and it seems to be absorbing the poo that comes off the babies really well, so it's keeping everything really clean, and I'm kind of liking that. Last year, I used cotton balls um, or the cotton pads. I let them make their own nest, but it seems to actually be working way better with the Carefresh, and I have them in a wire nest, and I put a um, wicker nest inside the wire nest for the nesting. Um, I'm also going to try some of the nests that you hang on the outside of the cages. I just didn't get them in time for this mommy, so I'm going to try those with my other birds. So far, my Timbrados and my uh, Norwich have not been breeding yet. They're kind of thinking about it, but neither one of those guys are working the nest. And I have these guys again. I have them as a threesome. I have them all three in a fairly large cage. So I have the two um, females with one male. And that seems to be working really well. Nobody's fighting too much. And right now, everybody's feeding the babies, so that's good. And the other female is working on a nest, and so we'll see how she does. Though she hasn't been as nice a nest builder as this little mommy. This mommy just got her little act together and made a little nest, hatched her three eggs, and now she's feeding her babies, and she's doing really well. And I do have a little horny dude that likes to copulate with everybody. So that has also been a plus because I was not sure whether these were going to be fertile or not. So on their next um, 
podcast, I'm going to be trying to take some pictures of the banding process and how you band the babies because I'm going to be showing these guys. I do need to get them banded. And then hopefully some of the color will come out and I will talk about some genetics and I will see if I can't get an expert to talk about the color breads and kind of explain the different ones and what we have and what's the you know going on in the show season. So I'm going to try to find some judges and I've got the 2008. I've got all kinds of schedules coming up. I've got veterinarians and I do have this um, trials and tribulations of my canary breeding. So we will see how we can go. Um, I also will talk about finding the cages and doing the cages and I'm going to be going to the canary club meeting on January 26th. So I will be sure to check back in with you guys. Again, if you have any questions, be sure and email me michelle at kookshop.com. It's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E at kookshop.com, K-O-O-K-S-H-O-P dot C-O-M. And thanks again for tuning in.